0: Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. What do the most successful growing businesses have in common? They're working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started. Go behind the wheel, under the hood, and beyond with Car Stuff from HowStuffWorks.com.
1: Hi, everybody. Welcome to Car Stuff. I'm Scott Benjamin, and I'm Ben Boland. And today's topic is uh, along the lines of an unusual race. Yeah, no kidding. A, a race, competition, show. Um, I don't know. Art exhibit. Uh, exhibit is maybe a better way to say it. I know it's an actual race that we're going to talk about, but I don't know anything of the trophies or anything like that, or any kind of the the accolades that you get for for winning this race. Uh-huh. Other than you showed up and you made a good a good showing of uh, of. The whole event, the whole day, the whole right. festival,
2: right? The whole Everything that goes along with it. Right. And we should go ahead and... Oh, this is so interesting, Scott. I'm not sure where we should begin other than saying that there is uh, a real Dr. E.P. Kitty Vunderkammer, but that's not his real name. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, there's some... Uh, there's some changing around of the uh, of the name of this event,
1: and that <laughs> may confuse people. So, what we're talking about today is something called the Hand Car Races, or the the Great Hand Car Races of uh, what is this Santa uh, Rosa? Santa Rosa, the Great Hand Car Regatta, mm-hmm. maybe of Santa Santa Rosa. And then the name has been changed to Doctor E.P. Kitty's Wondercomer, featuring the Great Sonoma County Hand Car Races. Now that's a mouthful. Yeah, but that is what this event goes by, and it is a um it's a gathering of people with interest in I, I, guess, uh, the steampunk culture.
2: Yeah, the design ethic is Victorian science fiction. That's according to Marta, uh, Cohen, owner of the Haute Couture Vintage and Costume Rentals in Railroad Square. So how do you, her, the, her quotation is, how do you take the strictly Edwardian stuff and bring it forward to a punk edge? All right. So here, let's,
1: let's kind of back up here just yeah, a because we're getting
2: yeah. a little bit deeper into this already. Yeah, than, yeah, yeah. And we should. I think maybe we
1: should tell people that, uh, this is something that happens yearly. But mm-hmm. well, there was one year when they didn't run. But we'll talk about that too—the history of this thing. Right. And it's an annual event. It is happening this year. You haven't not you have not missed this year's event, which is important because we'll tell you about the uh, the dates of this thing that's happening in 2014. And you, mm-hmm. can, you still have plenty of time to catch it if you're listening to this uh, within the week that uh, that we broadcast. And uh, we can tell you about uh, who competes, why they compete. You know the the whole theory around the festival i guess maybe mm-hmm. what the heck does wunderkammer mean <laughs> um maybe describe steampunk a little bit i guess maybe and then sure. i would like to move on from this because you, you know you heard in the title it's hand car right hand car races and and speeder cars speeder cars which is a, a powered version of what we're talking about mm-hmm. so um i think we'll kind of shift gears at some point and talk about the powered versions of hand cars if you does that, does that make sense? Sure. Yeah. A little oxymoron there, I guess, maybe. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I think the speeder cars have some interest as well to car stuff listeners. So, yeah, let's start with this, uh, this hand car
2: race. Yeah. So, uh, this hand car regatta begins as the brainchild of a promoter named Ty Jones and an arts activist named Spring Maxfield. Now, for anyone who is wondering, oh, wait, what is a hand car? It's exactly what it sounds like a small uh, a small human powered vehicle for the rail this is in so many films and stories uh, probably the most famous example of a hand car for a lot of people is the very simple setup of a seesaw kind of device and you have two people on either side pushing up and down to create the forward momentum
1: exactly right yeah and these are cars that were meant to uh to service the railroad tracks initially mm-hmm. yeah they maintenance meant, yeah maintenance guys would would take tools down the track and you know you can't jump in a uh a giant steam locomotive every time you need to get two miles down the track you would have to uh use one of these hand cars to pump your way down the track you know with uh, you and Possibly a partner. It could just be one person Mm -hmm. operated, but I bet it would be very heavy to do that. It's
2: still faster than walking if you have two people and you have a load of stuff.
1: Exactly right. Yeah, you couldn't carry – that's the thing is they couldn't carry all the tools and equipment that they needed to get – uh to and from these work sites on the on the railroad. So that's what they would use. And I I know everybody can picture this. I mean you said films, movies, even cartoons have these things. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. think about the old cartoons with Mickey Mouse doing this (laughs) or Bugs Bunny even Uh, I can think of you know probably a dozen cartoons where I've seen them using these hand cars and it's exactly like it is in real life. Mm -hmm. Now the difference here is that in this event, in this uh in this festival that we're talking about they go quite a bit more um, ornate with these things. Yeah, right? they're, they're kind of like art cars. They definitely are. It's uh, It becomes more of a show. So you said that um, this is the, uh, the brainchild of a guy named uh, Ty Jones, and you mentioned the Spring-Maxfield, right? Yes. Yeah. And uh, I guess... It, this went on from about 2008 through 2011, mm-hmm. and it's in uh, Santa Rosa, the railroad square there in Santa Rosa, which is in Marin County, I believe. Is that right? Uh, Sonoma. Sonoma. Okay, so it's just north of um, of um, San Francisco, mm-hmm. up in, in that area of the, of the world. And what they do is they take a, a section of track or two sections of track that run side by side, and as part of this bigger festival, they run what they call the hand car races, and they, they have these... Uh, these I don't know, maybe two dozen hand cars that people have have created or, or um, built over the previous year. Yeah. Bring them out and display them, and they actually have a race on these tracks, almost like a think about it like a drag strip.
2: Yeah, and it's it's a cool idea because these these vehicles all actually function, um, but there I think there's a don't get me wrong when I, with what I'm about to say they do spend the appropriate amount of time on maintenance but it's obvious they spend a lot more time on aesthetic
1: yeah it's very cosmetic uh well yeah you're right aesthetic
2: it's like it's uh the the steampunk idea persists rolling sculpture that's really what it is nice work scott yeah
1: thank you very much i I think they call them uh, well you know what in a sense it's kind of like kinetic sculptures and uh and that's that's the way you can think of these yeah, things yeah. They're, they're
2: very ornate ornate very cool looking and this is hugely popular you guys the uh just for the one in 2011 they drew over 12,000 people 12,000 thousand. people
1: were crowding around the tracks to watch these things run mm-hmm. that's a that is huge and this is a, a i mean I don't know, I want to say like it's a relatively remote location, but then again you're get you drawing from a huge area. You could be drawing from, you know, the, the San Francisco area too. I mean I bet, I bet. Close enough. So a lot of people show up for this and it's a big, big event. And you know we we kind of left off with saying that um in 2011 it you know this is the crowd it drew and right. 2008 through 2011 so there were four solid years there what happened in 2012 mm-hmm. well it turns out that there was a um there was going to be a strike there was going to be some track closures that happened in Sonoma uh, the Sonoma Marin area mm-hmm. um and I guess the the uh, the group that's called SMART which is the Sonoma Marin Area Rail Transit uh construction project was happening at that right. time and they yeah. said that there may be some track closures and, uh, I guess the two of them, you know, Ty Jones and, and Spring Maxfield, uh, dissolved their partnership at that time. And for 2012, it was kind of iffy whether it was going to happen or not. Yeah. And then they decided, well, for 2013, we're going to get this thing back on the road again. And Ty Jones, uh, paired up with someone named Kathy Kingman, who was an event promoter. Right. And that is when we, uh, we came up with, or they came up with, uh, the Dr. E.P. Kitty's Wunderkammer. Mm-hmm. Uh Featuring, featuring? The, yeah. Should I say the whole thing again? I guess. Let's say the whole thing okay. every time. <laughs> Doctor EP Kitty's Vonderkamer featuring the great Sonoma County Handcar Races. So let's just stick with Handcar Races. How about mm-hmm. that? Yeah. So, okay. the, so they uh, so they reinstituted this thing for 2013, and it was as popular as ever. I guess people just love this thing. So guess what? It's back again for 2014. We've got the dates that we'll get to in yeah. a minute here, but. Um, they want you to, I'm looking at kind of an article here and, and, and how they want you to kind of think about this whole thing. And they yeah. want, they want you to think about it as like an old fashioned country fair and a circus combined.
2: Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of, uh, older type acts that come together. Human power rides are big thing. Uh, circus acts, uh, local musicians. There's live music and art and stuff for your family to do. It's, it's a really fair description to call this you know a county fair because it's not just a race the race is like the big tentpole pole event of this of this weekend they also uh completely welcome people dressing up in their own uh, steampunk kind of thing, right? Sure,
1: that's, uh, that's actually, uh, it's something that they encourage you to do because yeah. that's kind of the theme of this whole thing. It's an old time country fair and circus and, and, uh, they really want you to get the feel that this is set in the, uh, and I believe the, the, the latest one is set 1900s? in the early 1900s. Yeah. The last one they said, eh, why don't you make it like the late 1800s, you know, for the previous four years, but they've, they've updated it a little bit, Ben, so. Early 1900s is kind of the theme here. Right. The, the steampunk thing, we'll talk about that too in a minute, but that, uh, that definitely comes up. Now, one thing we haven't done yet. We haven't talked about the, the definition of Wunderkammer.
2: Ah, yes, which is, uh, therein lie a tale. Yeah, that's right. It's, uh, the, the actual definition of this
1: thing, it's a, it's a German word, mm-hmm. and it's a place where a collection of curiosities and rarities is exhibited. Now, that makes sense for this whole event because that's kind of what this whole thing is about. Yeah. The, I mean, the the German word literally means wonder chamber. So think about it like a um, a display, a building, um, and, you know, an office space or something that is just jammed with with curiosities, oddities, things like that. In fact, did you ever watch the television show Oddities on the Discovery Science Channel? Yes, that is exactly what we're talking about here. That is a wunderkammer.
2: Yeah, that's a that's a really good point. And also, this is such a a tangent, but you and I are both huge museum fans. Uh, the Wunderkammer, or also in English called the Cabinet of Curiosities, uh, was the precursor to what we understand as museums today. Hmm. So, uh, thank you, uh, Ger- German language, German <laughs> curiosity collectors.
1: Yeah. yeah, very nice, very nice. So, okay, so that ties this all together. It tells, sure. you, it tells you kind of what to expect when you get there, right? Yeah, yeah. All right, all right. Now, um, Kingman, just so that you know, uh, kind of what her credentials are here, uh, she is part of the, uh, Northern California Pirate or she was part of the Northern California Pirate Festival um, in Vallejo, California. And then also I think she worked for a lot of years on a Renaissance Pleasure Fair in Marin County's Black Point Forest. So mm-hmm. you know, she's got a, a lot of experience with events like this, you know, where yeah. people are encouraged to dress up and, and really play the part of, of you know whatever it happens to be that that th- for the theme of that event. And that's exactly what's going on here. And you know, of course Ty Jones, he has been on since the beginning, so he he wants this to work as well. And I don't know, you know, as far as how you should dress for this thing, there's some good, um, there's some good descriptions of some types of uh, you know Victorian era or steampunk esque yeah. um, you know clothing that, that is suggested, I guess, for things like this, and, and you know yeah. costume makers that that have uh, kind of thrown in their two cents as to what you might want to wear to this event. I'd say it's kind of silly, but you know, you ever go to a costume party and you don't dress up and you feel kind of out of place because you didn't dress up? Yeah, yeah, You know, like that's a Halloween true, party right? or something like that. And it's similar, a similar thing, I think, because you would get there yeah. and you'd find that, you know, most of the people are in fact dressed in this steampunk gear. Sure, with their, uh, pith helmets and whatnot. Yeah, and the goggles and, you know, yeah. uh, things like that. I mean, the, uh, the, the crazy lace up boots and all that stuff. And uh, there's, there's suggested dress for men, suggested dress for women. Um, just, it's kind of neat. And that one thing that they also mention is that, Fashion cycles go in forty, 40 years. Yeah, forty year blocks. And so this is kind of an interesting little tip, I guess, if you're gonna dress up for this thing. You know, some people will, some people won't. Mm-hmm. Um, look she says look for pieces from the eighteen nineties, which made
2: sense to me, right. the nineteen thirties or the nineteen seventies if you want to fit in here. That's very that is very interesting theory and it's one I've heard before.
0: If you use paper, you're a human. But if you choose paper, you're a papertarian
1: As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more.
2: Uh, let's talk. Also, let's let's talk about the hand cars themselves, guys. This is something that you'll want to take uh, take some time and look at online for yourself. Because in an audio podcast, it can be a little difficult for us to do it justice. And the thing is, you absolutely have to do this if you want to really get a grasp of what's going
1: on. Because there are videos of this, there are images of this, there's so many photos of this happening. Yeah. If you go to the site, which we're going to tell you in a, a minute here for the event, sure. um, you'll get an idea of what these contraptions are all about. But I can tell you some names and the names of the vehicles if you want just an oh, example. Yeah, that's a great idea. All right. So just for example, I got three or four here that we can mention. There's a a team called the Boxcar Gang, because you know, these are groups of five or six people typically that put these things on and, right. and roll down the track. It's not just individuals. So there's one called the Boxcar Gang and their vehicle is called the Getaway. And they all wear prison you know prison outfits <laughs> from the early nineteen right. hundreds. And that's, that's kind of their thing, right? It's very
2: oh brother, where art thou.
1: Yeah, exactly right. And then there's something called the, the South Pacific Coasters. And they ride on something called the Cyclotron, which is kind of like a bicycle with an outrigger to the side for balance. You mm. can probably picture that. Yeah. Um, you know, the cycle cars. Also, there's something called the Red Couch, and that is exactly what it is. And the team is called the Red Couch. The, the vehicle is called the Red Couch. And it's just simply a red couch that travels down the tracks. I like,
2: I like that because it's, it's clear that they had the one idea
1: and said, let's make this happen. Again, and again, these are all human-powered vehicles. You know, they don't have to be hand car power. They can be foot, you know, pedal power. Yeah. They're human-powered vehicles.
2: Technically, you could have somebody pushing them, just behind them pushing
1: it. You could, but that would be very heavy because I think what they play on is the, uh, the uh, gears making this all work. Right. right. Very, very heavy because these things are, are, you know, more than a ton some of them.
2: And people are racing not necessarily to win uh as much as they are to show off their ride.
1: Oh yeah, like and talk about show off. There's a there's a group called the Walnut Court Apprentices and they ride on something called the Kryptonite Cruiser. <laughs> and uh, you see you get an idea that these are pretty yeah. fanciful. They're very uh, very ornate. Um there's some bicycle-like hand cars that I think are really cool. We call them uh velocipedes here in, yeah, yeah. in the United States. And it's a, uh, it's a very heavy duty looking thing. It looks like a bicycle or a low motorcycle almost with train, uh, train wheels. So it's very, very heavy. You can't, you probably couldn't lift these things yourself. You'd have to have several people. Yeah. Um, or a machine to do it. And then it has an outrigger that goes to the other rail with one more train wheel on it, which is, uh, for, for, um, I guess for balance, right? For stability. Yeah. And, uh, there's a few of those that compete and they're, they're, Powered by a rowing motion,
2: it's like a rowing machine, but it looks like a bicycle, which would be really cool to have. Can you imagine if we somehow rode those to work every day, Scott? We would be, well,
1: beasts. We man. we definitely would. But there's yeah. a there's an auction house close to here that there's a uh, kind of a beat up one that's been there for a long time. Oh yeah, has not sold, but it's very expensive. Oh yeah. Uh, so you can you get an idea that you know people put a lot of time and effort into these. These uh these these hand cars and some of them go to great pains to make them look very steampunk esque, which right. is uh, kind of like this Victorian era with a punk edge,
2: um like oh, a f- like a yeah.
1: future. What do you call what would you say steampunk is? Cause we've we've
2: yeah I've got over a, this before. Yeah, we've talked about this before. So I actually thought about this for a while and I think I've got it, Scott. Okay, let's describe it as an alternative history wherein the world's technology evolved from steam and stayed with steam. Hmm. Okay, so it's so like, it's like, like the future
1: s- fantasy for someone from the
2: 1800s. Right, yeah. Because, That's good, too. Because they
1: would only have a knowledge of steam-powered vehicles. They wouldn't yet know of internal combustion engines, things like that, so they don't know of other forms of propulsion other than steam.
2: Right. There's this thing called the Society for Creative Anachronism, I think, which does... Uh, which holds events that are like this and for people who have this interest. And from what I understand, this is a, uh, this, uh, an idea, a concept that captivates and fascinates a lot of people. Hmm. Um, you and I, of course, are not the, uh, the heads of steampunk entire, but one thing that we do love is, uh, that we've seen some amazing steampunk cars and vehicles. You know, uh, one thing that I do like about the idea of steampunk is, uh, that the people who are fans of steampunking vehicles, mm-hmm. eventually, man, they're going to build my dream Zeppelin. And you dream? Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. You I'm gotta, sure they will. You
1: got a dream Zeppelin,
2: huh? Yeah. I'm like, I'm like a deep person. I mm. have dreams and stuff. And one of those is a Zeppelin. Oh, okay. All right. You know what? A good example. Um, What's that movie
1: with uh, Will Smith, The Wild Wild West?
2: Oh, yeah. That? There's a that's lot, a great example. There's a
1: lot of steampunk uh, mm-hmm. gear in that, I guess, technology right. in that. And uh, that's actually set back then. So it's like it's uh, it's kind of a strange mix.
2: Yes, Wild Wild West, uh, that's a fantastic example, Scott. And I'm sorry we're digressing a little bit because, as, as you can tell, listeners, we're both interested in this thing. And if you're interested in the race, we have some good news. Scott, as you said earlier... It's not too late to go this year.
1: That's right. The 2014 event dates are as follows. You can go to this thing. Um, it's in mid-September. It's September 13th, 2014. That's when these. Uh, when, that's when this festival is going to happen. And I think it's about seven hours. It's like from 11 a.m. to 6 p.m. And if you want all the information for this, you can go to, to www. Do I have to say www anymore? I, I don't think you have to. I don't it think, sounds good. I don't think people do anymore. No. I'm just going to say go to vunderkammerfestival.com. And, and that's, that's spelled
2: with a W. Oh,
1: yeah, with a W. How about this? Wondercomber How about that wondercomberfestival.com and uh, I mean expect you know lots of local music food entertainment um again you know it's a music and food festival so that's what Go it's ahead. all about right. but I think if you if you get there and you see these Sonoma County handcar races that are part of this whole thing you know part of the big event uh, I think you're going to be really impressed and and check it out online look at some of the photos of of you know previous years competitions uh, so you'll kinda know what to expect, and it's it's really it looks like a lot of fun. Yeah.
0: If you use paper, you're a human. But if you choose paper, you're a papertarian. Someone who lives a paper-based lifestyle because it has a positive impact on the planet. And also because it's the easiest choice you'll make all day. Seriously. It's as easy as reaching for boxed instead of bottled water. It's as easy as opting for beauty products that come in paper packaging so why wouldn't you go paper-tarian? I'll wait. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash paper
3: Get emotional with me, Radhi Devlukia, in my new podcast, A Really Good Cry.
2: Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Also, now I know th- this podcast is weird today because while we were looking at hand cars, we ran into something that was so interesting. We said, ah, car stuff has to hear about this, that's, right?
1: That's right, because we were talking about hand powered rail vehicles and well, some of the searches that we did came up with, uh, with powered rail yes. cars and and of course not not just the major big steam engines of the day but something called speeder cars also known as putt-putts yeah putt-putts track speeders uh-huh. uh railway motor cars and there's Trike. there's so many different names for these things but these are these are not human powered vehicles um they, they were used by the railway maintenance men for track inspection just like the hand cars were right. only this is bringing it into the modern era i guess uh, because uh, these are, these are simple, simple machines, but you drive them like you would a very, very small car
2: on Yeah. The track. They look like little smart cars almost. And they kind of do. They were in use for a very long time, all the way up until, uh, the 1990s, actually. <laughs> Isn't
1: that amazing? Yeah. Until 1990s. And, and I'll tell you what happened, Ben, that, that caused them to switch from what we call a speeder car to, uh, something called a, um, what would they call it? A rail? Hang on uh, oh
2: the uh pickup trucks right? uh, Yeah yeah but it's road rail vehicles
1: Road rail vehicles and that is the again you're right the pickup trucks or the SUVs that have the ability to lower the flanged wheels onto the track and I think everybody's seen these on the road before Yeah they look really cool They can drive on you know standard streets they can also drive on the railway and mm-hmm. these were so adaptable and so uh so such a great design, really, such a great idea, that they've switched completely over to these, and the uh, the speeder cars have kind of been relegated to collectors and enthusiasts at this point.
2: Right, yeah. Uh, there's a place called the North American Rail Car Operators Association that organizes uh, these get-togethers for speeder car enthusiasts. And you guys, speeder cars are, uh, to me, they're fascinating. I would love to have one of these and just access to a railroad, yeah, it would it, be cool. You it know, seems like it'd be interesting, but it's not cheap.
1: It's it is not cheap. You're right; it's not a cheap hobby to have. And you mentioned one there, and that's uh, that that association is for the U.S. and Canada, so that's a North American firm. Oh yeah. If you want, point. if you want to, uh, if you're in Australia and you'd like to be, you know, I don't know, immersed in the uh, speeder car world you can uh you can check out the australian society of section car operators incorporated and that is the australian version of the same thing that we have here in north america and man so we did i mean we didn't really tell them what they are i mean they're very very basic powered vehicles that are for track maintenance i think they could be used for mining things like that again to get to and from the work sites you know just like uh just like the hand cars were and they were uh they were everywhere. Yep, they really were and people would would ride these things with or without bodies cuz now there there's a lot of them that do have uh highly specialized bodies because they're sure. kind of like a workshop on wheels really.
2: Yeah, so they'll have storage space for some necessary repair tools. They'll often have a roof and a windshield because there might be inclement weather but then there are a lot that are entirely open yeah
1: that's right because you know it could be uh you, you know it could be just to keep the uh the operator out of the sun for hours and hours on end or you know for cold temperatures for rain all that all that could happen so um man these things are a lot heavier than you would think too ben because they're not very big i mean when you look at them they're a very a very squat
2: vehicle. yeah they might be like maybe nine feet long but they could be um, they could be shorter yeah
1: they're only like five feet tall yeah but the, but the weight I mean this is incredible these things weigh 3500 pounds and when you look at them, you're not going to realize that that they weigh that much, but right. then you gotta think about those wheels.
2: Yeah, yeah. Because the wheel diameter
1: is probably around fourteen inches or yeah. so. Cast iron. Yeah. And these are these are iron wheels, just as you would find on a train. So, you know, it's the same thing and there's a lot of other running gear. And of course, these also have uh some type of, of engine or motor that goes along with them. So, you know, they're they're gonna be very, very heavy vehicles and the body adds weight, of course, and if you're carrying tools and things like that. The weight goes up even more from there. So yeah. there's some really interesting photos online of, of some of these and they go all mm-hmm. the way back to, you know, I mean, early 1900s, you know, the turn of the century stuff where they're completely open and it looks very primitive, but kind of cool. Mm-hmm. It looks almost like a, uh, almost like a rat rod or something like that the, yeah. on the, on the rails. And then they go up to the, uh, you have the modern era with, you know, a headlight and windshield wipers mm-hmm. and, Fiberglass bodies and maybe you know, a TV in there eggs. so you can catch the World Cup game.
2: <laughs> maybe, Ben. Maybe. It seems very important to a lot of people now. So. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we have a, uh, we, we have this thriving uh, enthusiast community for these vehicles and people are buying them up and spending thousands of dollars restoring them. And you surprised
1: me because you told me that uh, there's a, a chapter of this here in Georgia mm-hmm. and I had no idea. They run, where has it been?
2: Uh, yeah, Atlanta has a, uh, has a, a community for speed, speeder car enthusiasts. It, their last meeting was in April. Their last event, rather. And it was in Pitts, Georgia. Pitts, Georgia. Okay. So yeah.
1: what they do is they find abandoned sections of track or track that they know will not be used that day. Sure. They cart these things on trailers. Yep. Out, you know, to wherever they're going for these events. They unload them. I don't know how they unload these things. I mean, I really don't. I don't know if they're capable of riding on roads or not. I, I don't really understand the whole thing. I'm gonna have, have to watch. I don't think you can drive them on a road. I don't think so. With a, because you would destroy any surface you're on. So, yeah, you got to pull it in a trailer. I think you're right. No, I mean, uh, as far as uh, unloading, even oh. driving it off and, uh, and somehow loading it onto the track, I don't know how they do
2: that. That's interesting. We should we should find out. That is um, to me, that's a fascinating thing. And I got so wrapped up in how. Uh, how it became a hobby. I mean, man, okay, so cast cast your memory back, right? Late 1980s, how would you have known that you could make so much money off of buying train surplus maintenance vehicles? Scott, they used to sell these in like lots of up to 30.
1: It seems like lots of 30. Yeah, dude. Well, they were plentiful apparently. I mean, but, but it seems like, you know, when when something like that becomes outdated,
2: no one initially sees the value in it. No one initially said they, they, yeah. they would probably cannibalize them for parts. That's exactly what it is. Apparently the railroad companies just assumed that the speeders would be, uh, cannibalized for their own in engines. Mm-hmm. And those engines are still used today in industrial applications.
1: So, okay, I got it. So they're, they were, they were torn apart and, uh, and a lot of them, you know, After the, after the, uh, the late 1980s, early 1990s, never again saw the tracks. But, uh, but now people are gathering them up. They're restoring them to like new condition. Others are, you know, just, just getting them out and having fun with them. So they're not, you know, in as as pristine maybe, but you're still able to compete or I don't know if you compete. I think you just go out for the enjoyment of it. You know, you take it out to one of these events. They let you get it on the, on the rails and, and and drive it. So that's got to be, you know, happen relatively, you know, infrequently I think because right. you can't just blow this on any track and ride it because you never know what's coming the other way right yeah that's true I mean, you this, can't just hop on this would have to be some type of sanctioned event that says this section of rail is safe to use this day at this time and uh, mm-hmm. and have at it we've got a block for you or an abandoned section of rail but but you know how long would that be maybe a mile at most yeah um so i don't know it's a, it's a strange hobby ben and i've got maybe at the end of this podcast, I've got a question. I think maybe we're getting to that point because yeah. I, I think people should look these up. This is another thing
2: you got to kind of look up to really appreciate, to see what a speeder car looks like. Now, I do want to, before we get to the question, just the last thing that I have to say, the one more thing, uh, a couple of cool websites I found where you can learn more about this, especially there's a great website that uh, is going to sound like a weird address when I tell you, but it's got a fantastic look at res- restoration of okay. these cars. Uh, you know what? The first one is hard to pronounce. Like it's, It seems like it may just be a bunch of letters. Uh, so what I'll do is just say, search for Narcoa, N-A-R-C-O-A, uh, speeder restoration, and, and you're going to run into a, a really cool site um, that has step-by-step pictures, also advice for various components of a speeder car. And if you're interested in trains, um, because, you know, they're their own world of vehicles and you'll really enjoy this. The other one I saw was railspeeders.com.
1: Ah, that one's easy to remember. And I did go to that one and there are plenty of good photos and information there. So, yeah. uh, both of those are great. Good, good suggestions. And, uh, can I ask you my question now? Yes, please. Because I think, um, I, I think I've kind of exhausted everything that I really want to say about, the, about this, but cool. Um, I know there's more out there. But, sure. So we yeah. haven't dug too deep into this Now my question is this and i was thinking about owning a speeder car you know the people that own a speeder car Hmm. all right is is owning and building restoring driving you know competing in whatever they do and you know just uh just enjoying a speeder car sort of like owning um a drag race car in a way Hmm. because think about this now it's it's clearly not as fast i mean you know there's not quite the adrenaline i'm sure it's exciting when you get your speeder car on the track and it actually works that (laughs) must be really cool yeah it's not as fast obviously but I mean, if you think about this, you're very, very limited for actual time that you can use this thing. You can you can fire it up in the garage and, and run the engine all day you want, but um, you have to be at, at a drag strip to really appreciate what this thing can do. I right. mean, and you're limited to the weekends and the time that you can do that for sanctioned events or if you know somebody and you can rent track time, whatever, I get it. You know, track day cars are, are one thing, you know, that you, you just can't use it on a, a street. You have right. to use it only at the track. So, I mean, this is so similar to me to a drag race car, a drag strip car, uh, because, again, designated areas only, strictly, you know, very, very strict about laws of, of riding these things on the streets yeah. or anywhere else. And and very similar, I guess, if you want to look at it this way, you put it on a, a straight rail and it can only go on a straight path. Um They're That's not really true. for cornering. These are, uh, you know, obviously train tracks have corners, but you're not yeah. really out there for like an autocross course or anything like that. You, have, you don't have much choice in the mobility of it you're on the track and you're going to go where the track takes you
2: that's true and there's that's, not spontaneity
1: it's kind of the way that drag race, car, drag race cars drag racing cars <laughs> are you know you have to go from this point to that point and then it's back on the trailer
2: that's what they're built to do
1: yeah so i don't know i i, I see it very very similar to owning and and building and restoring and you know all the stuff that goes along yeah. with drag race cars is similar to the way a speeder car is in that way i guess that's, i
2: i agree i mean the difference would be sure as you say speed but when it comes down to the conceptual similarities, there, there are quite a few. I mean, you have to, especially if you're, you're building and maintaining your own, you have to kind of be in love with the machinery mm-hmm. itself um, because you're not going to get too many chances to let it rip. I, uh, you know what? If uh, civilization fell... Then one of the best ways to travel would be by rail. Sure. Because it goes in out of the way places. Most people don't really know very much about the rail system. Mm-hmm. Um, but aside from post apocalyptic <laughs> warnings, well, I don't see a lot of opportunities. You could pretty much get anywhere on the rails. I mean, as yeah. long
1: as you know that, you know, a, a passenger train isn't coming at you at 80 miles an hour the other
2: way. Right. Well, that goes back to, you know, civilization. (laughs) Yeah, you're uh, right. Good point. But but, I guess you never really would know, would you? You never know until you hear that whistle blowing like a Johnny (laughs) Cash song. The, uh, the one other point that we do want to leave you guys with is that in your state, definitely, and possibly in your media area, uh, you can find rail car associations and you don't have to own your own speeder car to hang out. I'm sure they'd be glad just to have you drop by and check it out. Exactly times. right. They would. Uh, they'd love to tell you about what they do. I'm
1: sure because all mm-hmm. hobbyists and collectors and people that have an interest in this, I'm sure, are like any other group of car guys and girls, Right, just excited they'd, that someone else is interested. Exactly right. They'd love to talk about it. Love to have you take some photos of their uh, of their speeder car. Right. Um, it's just, and who knows? Maybe you would, uh, you you know, somehow gain some passion for this and get into it yourself.
2: Uh Uh-huh, yeah, fast forward a few years, and there you are, wishing the hand car regatta would allow your speeder car. Exactly right, and when you do figure it
1: out, uh, tell us how you get that thing off the trailer and onto the tracks.
2: Yes, and uh, you can also check out our... Uh, social media, you can tell us on Facebook and Twitter. You can also check out our website, carstuffshow.com. I almost put in W's in front of it. Nah, you don't have to. That's old school. That's old school. And speaking of old school, if you want to cut around all that uh, Internet rigmarole and just send us a direct email, we'd love to hear from you. Our address is carstuff at howstuffworks.com.
0: For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit HowStuffWorks.com. Let us know what you think. Send an email to podcast at HowStuffWorks.com.
2: This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape begins a journey to fight for a future for apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX this Friday and theaters everywhere. Get tickets now.
0: You're a growing business, which means you need every spare hour you can find. That's why the most successful growing businesses are working together in Slack